0: Well, hello, Idaho, my friends and fellow CEOs of life. This is Jason Harwood, the creator of the CEO Idaho podcast. And real quick before we get started, I just want to encourage you to go and check out all of the resources I have available for you in your quest to be the CEO of your own life. Go follow me on Instagram, CEO Idaho. Check out the CEO Idaho Facebook page and go to thejasonharwood.com check out my blog, check out the resources that I will have available for you there. Okay, let's get started. You are the CEO of your life. You have to make it happen because let's be honest, no one will make it happen for you. Three things are going to make all the difference in your success. Whether you run a business, a household, or your career, those are first, your mindset, second, your habits, and third, your productivity. And who better to learn from how to maximize your mindset, habits, and productivity hacks than the successful local CEOs and business owners. Watch what they do that you can do too. So here we go. Mindset, habits, hacks, all part of the CEO Idaho podcast. Let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am joined today by Kendall Bender of Bender Electric out in Nampa, Bender Electric LLC. Um, and, and Kendall, you do both residential, commercial, I mean, anything electric. It's all, yeah. you, you do, you you do, do it, it all. We
2: stay away from industrial. Um, We've found that we are uh, sticking with what we do best, which is uh, multifamily, residential, and uh, small commercial. Uh, seems to be our bread and butter.
1: Huh. All right. Okay. Yeah. Now, what if like I have like some weird electrical thing going on at my house? Should I call you? Um, you can.
2: We <laughs> uh, try to help people out that I, that I personally know. Uh, At the moment, the thing is, we're so busy uh, with what we've got going that it's very difficult for us to be able to schedule anyone in. Yeah. Um, You know, there are service companies out there uh, that do more of the service work. Yeah. But I'm very good about. I like to help people as much as I can, even if it's just over the phone. Um, If somebody has a simple electrical problem, I'll help over the phone instead of having to call out an electrician and charge them me just to do some simple tasks so well um,
1: I've, I've known you for for a few years I don't think I've ever called you for an electrical issue no maybe you haven't had any I don't, I don't think I, I did shock myself real good one time um, we bought some lights my I think I've told you this maybe I think I've told you the story that we bought some lights from IKEA mm-hmm. that my wife wanted yeah. put in the bedroom and man I was installing those and I like The you know it's this cheap thing and there was this screw that was kind of loose and I was like I'm not going to go out to the power box and turn off the power uh just to tighten the screw and so I just grabbed a chair and a and a uh, thing and and man but turns out I should have because I don't know what happened but I touched that light and all of a sudden boom how many like how many times you've been electrocuted have I been I've never been actually electrocuted
2: I've been shocked
1: shocked yeah what's the difference I don't know electrocuted I guess
2: Getting electrocuted is like the guys that sit in the electric chair.
1: Yeah. you pretty much
2: down and out and blow off an appendage. Um, and, and you may not walk away from it. That's but true. being shocked is a little bit different. It's, uh, you know, basically it's the same idea, but uh, it just hurts for a second. And you mm. kind of scare yourself. That's happened to me several times.
1: Yeah. But I guess you put in some pretty significant safeguards to ensure that doesn't happen.
2: Yes. So we, you know, that's one of the things with our employees is we talk to our employees, um, you know, electricians are many times are working around live electrical parts. And we we try to be very clear that if we're doing something electrically that we turn the power off uh, as we're working on it. Sometimes to test things, we have to have the power on. But most of the time, you know, we have safety practices um, that we have our, employees turn the electricity off uh, every time that um, it's possible. And there are times when it's not possible to turn it off, but 99% of the time there's nothing wrong with turning the power off. The only time that you can (laughs) not is if you're in a hospital or something like that. and Somebody's laying in their deathbed and, you know, the old compressors over there keeping them alive, you can't turn it off. But for the most part, uh, guys can turn the power off. And most customers are understanding of that. Uh, because prior to calling us, like you, they've gotten themselves
1: shocked. And <laughs> they... <laughs> At that point, they're like, "Maybe I should call a professional." So, take us down the journey. How did you? How did you get into running your own business? Um, from from maybe being a, an electrician to deciding I want to actually own the business.
2: So I've always wanted to own my own business. It didn't matter what it was. Um, From the time I was uh, just graduating from high school, I decided that I, at some point, wanted to own my own business. And I never knew quite what that was. Um, I kind of fell into the electrical business just because, um, you know, back in, oh, it was right right around, oh, man, when did I start this? Back in 2000 or so. Well, actually, before that, back in probably 93, I think, is when I started my apprenticeship. And um, it was just, you know, I was looking for a job at the time. And as I worked through it uh, and became a journeyman electrician, and I thought, you know, why not? Why not run my own business, be an electrical contractor? Hmm. Um, Didn't seem like it was going to be as hard as it has been at times to be a business owner um, <laughs> that- you know, I, I, and the thing is i started at a at a terrible time i started right after the great depression or uh, not great depression the great recession started here and that's when i started the business it had pluses and minuses you know one one the minus was there wasn't any work the plus was that i learned how to all i went through all of my mistakes before things started to turn around and and we came out of the recession, so I knew how to do things and weren't making you know big financial mistakes um, you know as we came out of the recession as, as mm-hmm. things started turning going huh. well yeah so yeah it
1: was
2: actually a it was a it was a plus and a minus
1: yeah well and but, interestingly so so maybe that kind of leads us to our next our next topic which is mindset. I'm assuming many electrical businesses went out of business because nothing, you know, construction was primarily impacted by, by that downturn in 2008.
2: There was the, the, the ones that had themselves set up and kind of were forward looking. And that's, that's where I'm trying to be is forward looking. What you know, I I'm always talking to people in the industry. What do we think is going to happen? Uh, six months from now, what do we think is going to happen a year from now? And then I'm trying to adjust my uh, workload based on, well, where do we see things going? So if I see a, a downturn, then I may look more into the service aspect of the business. Right now we're in new construction and, um, a big thing that's happening in the Valley here is, is new homes and multifamily. And so that's where we've stuck most of our, um, resources is into the multifamily, uh, and small commercial. And, and, you know, now I'm seeing with all the multifamily that's going on, we may see a small dip in that coming up over the next, uh, six months or so. Um, I don't, it's not so much of a dip as a leveling off, I think is what we're going to see. And with that, when you've got all these people coming in and all these people, um, you, you're going to have to have jobs for them. And so there will be these small commercial jobs that will be popping up, and then there will be large commercial after that. But that's, I just am trying to be – I try to always be forward-looking and seeing, you know, where are we going. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult because um, you don't know what could – I mean, with the turmoil that's happening right now, who knows what's going to happen here in <laughs> Let's see. I won't, I won't drop in my political, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep this, uh, yeah, although, although the audience, I mean, we are in Idaho, so the audience is probably, uh, pretty, uh, aligned in their political thinking, uh, um, You'd be
2: surprised,
1: yeah <laughs> but we'll just still avoid it, so this is i mean you you thrive in a business that is incredibly um volatile, right like super high highs where you you're scheduled out for six months all the way to you, you know you you' you're, you can't find work. how do you maintain a positive mindset through all of that variance and volatility
2: i i do get caught up in it that's the that's one of the hard parts is you know as a business owner i do get caught up in the in the highs and lows sometimes um what i found though is that you just have to be the type of person that just pushes through and you know um hr has always been an issue for us just because there's always somebody out there that'll you know, pay a guy that, because we train our people very well. Um, we expect them to go to school. We expect them to achieve in, uh, in their schooling, uh, cause it is a four-year apprenticeship program. They do school and then they also have on the job training. So we train our guys really well. And unfortunately, a lot of times we train them to work for somebody else. And, um, that, you know, that's a tough one to work through sometimes. Uh, what I've found is that, there will always be someone else, and I can always count on the fact that, you know, we're we're a decent company to work for, and um, we try to treat our people well. We try to be honest with them and um, bring them along with us. That's what we're trying to do is bring them along with us as we, you know, traverse this business landscape. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy to um, – separate what's going on in the economy and what's going on with, you know, employees and what's going on with uh, general contractors, um, you know, dealing with finances and stuff like that. But you just have to try to have a, a positive attitude and just keep moving forward. We're just, we're just pushing forward.
1: <laughs> we do. Did you ever take it personal? Like people would l- maybe leave to go work someplace else and, and, you felt kind of a, uh, maybe it was not, not a personal attack, but you took it more personally than you do now? Uh,
2: yes. So I have had, I've had uh, employees that worked for me that were related to me and I've had employees that worked for me that were, I, I was grooming to, um, possibly take over my position one day and, when you groom somebody for that, you, you invest a lot of time and a lot of emotion into that. And it is, um, it is a real kick in the cojones when they, <laughs> especially when, you know, some over something, you know, that you don't feel like, like you would, you could offer certain things to them if they would just stick around for a little bit longer. Um, you, you, you know, you hmm. can't offer to them right that day. But three months from now, six months from now, um, and it it does. You, sometimes you take it personal. I I've gotten to the point now where I don't take it personally anymore. It's uh, it's not worth my um, emotional health to take that stuff personal. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to do. Employees have to do what's best for them. Um, people in general have to do what's best for them, and sometimes going somewhere else is, is better for them. So yeah. I don't take it personally anymore.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. That, that's kind of an interesting life lesson, right? That sometimes people leave and you think, gosh, if you stuck around a little bit longer, th- there's something better coming for you. But, but the kind of immediacy maybe of either the offer or the opportunity or whatever uh, kind of, they act now yeah and you know i have to look at
2: it from a point of view i can't look at it always from a point of view of i'm the boss i have to look at it from their point of view
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i try to look i try to look at a lot of things from um step back from my position and look at it from my employees point of view uh whether it be you know benefits or pay or working hours or anything like that um and I try to look at it from that point of view so that I can be more empathetic because uh-huh. there was time when, you know, I was the guy out there in the field and I was always looking for something better. Um, and, you know, I, I never realized, uh, you never realize how good you have it until you don't have it anymore. Right. So, right. you know. And yeah. these guys have gone, and I and I'm proud that that these guys have gone on to other things and have excelled and and done well where they're at. Um, you know, I've only had maybe two employees that have left that I was really glad they left. The rest of them, I'm you know disappointed when they leave. Um, but yeah, there were a couple that were. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that, and that's kind of an interesting mindset and business lesson as we think about, gosh, are there things that I am um, maybe unwittingly sacrificing long-term benefit because of some immediate need, right? I, I've got to have something right now in my business. So I'm going to make this decision, even though, you know, waiting or patience might bring better long-term results Uh, oftentimes that's driven by an immediate need and at the
2: beginning at the beginning of bender electric there were many times when it was you know expediency (laughs) i needed to you know turn profit i needed to make money now Mm -hmm. and at the expense of you know doing something correctly or the right way um and then i end you know it ended up costing me in the long run because Mm -hmm. you cut a corner here eventually you're going to have to go back and fix it and (laughs) that over the years that you just don't cut corners you do things correctly to begin with and um, then you don't have to go back after the fact and try to fix the mess ups
1: yeah so yeah Yeah. Um, which that maybe kind of leads into our next topic which is some habits right it sounds like that's a habit you've developed over time what are things you do consistently that you think bring the biggest results in your life or business
2: biggest thing that uh, I do personally uh, whether it's in my personal or in business is I try to be proactive I always want to be proactive I always want to get ahead of any problems or issues that might come up Um, try to stay ahead of those things so that we don't have to react and constantly be reacting to whatever might be going on around us. If we stay ahead of the curve, then it, it just makes everybody's life a lot easier. In my life, over the last few years, my life has gotten a lot easier running this business by being proactive. Um, you know, sometimes that means I have to push. You know, I've got to push my partner. I've got to push my employees, push them so they, you know, that they understand that too, that, hey, if we're proactive, our life is a whole lot easier. We're not getting, you know, we're not getting behind on a project. We're not getting, you know, general contractors uh, getting upset that, you know, we're not getting enough done. And um, so, and and that comes into not just performing the job, but planning the job. You know, sitting down, making sure that we've got a plan moving forward of, you know, where are we going to be? How are we going to man this? How are we going to perform these tasks on this job? What's the... Um, what's the role we're going to take uh, as far as you know helping lead the projects. So that's what we try to do.
1: Um, and, and what does that look like? Is that planning meetings that you that you do is that uh, project management, How, what enables you to be more proactive?
2: Some of the things that allow us to be proactive is we, every, we have a weekly meeting with all of our men. We bring them in the shop, we have a, um, we have a safety meeting, and then we also uh, discuss each of the projects. The other thing is to bring in the lead men that are running those projects, and we will uh, you know, give them the tools that they need ahead of time. We'll give them the blueprints. We'll give them direction of you know how we want these things to flow of you know, how we want the, and it, it's kind of interesting because when we deal with general contractors, a lot of times, uh, especially a new general contractor we haven't worked with before, it can be interesting to walk in and we want to do things a, a certain way. We have a certain pattern that would be used as we go through these projects. And a lot of times they don't want to do that. They, you know, they, um, they want to get them done a lot quicker than things can actually be done. So they want to pile in you know, all kinds of trades on top of each other, and we refuse to do that. Uh, and it, when we get into the project, we find that if they'll listen to us and work with us on that, we can be so much more productive when we're on these projects and things go according to a pattern and not just chaos. Um, we found over the years that there are a few... People that work in—we're not one of those types. <laughs> we,
0: we do not
2: thrive in chaos.
1: Yeah, I—you I, know—it's interesting because as you talk with other businesses, I think the construction business maybe sets an incredible example of how much work and effort goes into the planning process.
2: Yeah, I mean, you think about how much work goes into even before uh, a project even starts. There's the budgeting. There's Then there's the uh, getting the drawings done. There's the engineering that goes into it. I mean, a lot of these projects, and it, it's tough because they budget these projects two, or three years in advance, and by the time they get to the building phase of it or the bidding phase of it, um, we're three years in the future, and there have been substantial price increases, especially recently. Um, for materials, for labor. And so then it's a matter of, you know, well, can we work it out to where we can accomplish these projects? Uh They'll try to come somewhere close to their budget. It's not easy. Um, You know, and and unfortunately, to to land some of these projects, be able to work with some of these contractors, it, it cuts into our profit margin a little bit. Would we like to see higher profits? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Um, yeah. but to, but in order to do these jobs, sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to,
1: <laughs> and
2: yeah. And and then we try to find other ways, you know, that we can, um, save some money on the project and, and, uh, still stick within the budget Yeah. and, st- and still make a profit. So,
1: yeah, it might, I think it might be a good lesson for those who are maybe not as, whether it's legally right i mean there's so many legal requirements around the construction industry of being up to code
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but but for other industries that don't face that same level of scrutiny it's still probably a good lesson around the amount of effort you should put into the planning phase in order to be able to be proactive otherwise uh yeah, it's not surprising when you get surprised by something because you haven't done the planning necessary to. Yes, actually and there's a couple
2: of them. things to go into that you know uh, that planning phase. You know, we we look for uh, collaboration with the with the employees. You know, a lot of times they see things that we may not see, or we see things that they don't see. So we want to we want to collaborate with them. And then the other thing is, um, you know, there's always new innovation coming in. So. You know, it's, it's tough sometimes when you take a six-year-old uh, electrician and you know, <laughs> he, was around, he was around back when, you know, you um, had two wires hanging out of the ceiling with a light bulb attached to it. And <laughs> things have changed a lot over the years with different, you know, innovations and uh, different ways of wiring things and, and different things have come up and some of the old guys don't want to change, um, you know, but now we're teaching a younger crowd and a new crowd and, there are some things that are way easier than they used to be, although the code book's about three times thicker than it used to be also. So, <laughs> yeah. Huh. In- um, interesting thoughts. It's a, uh, yeah, it's an interesting field to, to be in. There's, there's so much more to the electrical field that, you know, a lot of people don't even realize. You know, they see some wires running around the house. They see some switches and some outlets. Um, people don't realize, you know, how much, there is in the electrical industry, there's the low voltage, there's your, you know, voice data, video wiring, there's security. Um, you know, there's uh, all your nurse calls in the hospitals. Everything's done by electricians, fire alarm. Um, so there's a lot more to the trade. Uh, yeah. and, and you can get really, and that's one thing we don't do is get too far off in the weeds. We There's certain things that we do, and there's certain things we leave to other subcontractors to do. So, you know, hmm. we don't want to get too deep out in the weeds, and then, you know, that can cause a lot of other problems. Yeah. Especially people that don't know what they're doing.
1: Uh, which, which may be our last question then, that, that, uh, that tees up our last question, because so many of us struggle maybe identifying, gosh, what, what is it that I do best? What, are, what should be my priorities? I've got a thousand tasks sitting in front of me and how do i shift or sift through those to find the things that are most important how how have you applied that outside of maybe the business to identify what tasks are most important and focusing in a shedding similar way
2: lot, shedding a lot of tasks is you know one thing that a business owner's got to do you know i have to i have to allow my people the people that are around me uh, to take some of that workload, um, you know, I have a business partner, Mike Anderson, and he takes a lot of the workload. So he he runs the men in the field. Um, he makes sure that things are being done to code. Um, you know, it's my job to you know take care of HR, payroll, um, bidding, things like that. So what I look at is. Um, how, you know, how much can I allow other people to take over and then can I narrow down the tasks that I have? The other thing is uh, the big, one of the biggest things I found too, is you got to just, you've got to just do it. You know, that's, people can get so wound up in the amount of things they have to do that they end up not doing anything. (laughs) I mean, you know, I, I've, I'm not a, Um, I'm not the best when it comes to, uh, being able to sort out tasks and, and do things in the, um, the right order. But one thing I will do is when I have a task, when I, when I do narrow in on a task, let's say I'm bidding a job. When I'm ready to bid that job, that is my goal for the day. That's all I'm going to do is work on getting those numbers together and getting them out there to the general contractors, uh, the next day. I may not have that to worry about. Uh, I may be worrying about submittals that I've got to turn in. And then I will do nothing but work on that test. So I, I try to um, – and you have to force yourself. You know, that's the thing. Right. is you, it's. It, I don't think it's a natural thing uh, for a lot of people. Some people it may be um, very natural. But for a lot of people it's not natural to force yourself to uh, just buckle down and, and work on a task. I know everybody, a lot of people say that they're multitaskers. The fact is you cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. <laughs> it, no one can. It's not possible to focus on more than one thing. You know, you're, the way your mind works, you know, you can't be writing a Broadway play with one hand and doing your accounting with the other hand. It's, you're, neither one's going to turn out properly. Mm. Um, so that's what I found is that, you know, I have to narrow down Say, so this is what I'm going to do, work on that one task. The other task might be sitting right there, you know, that, I, that I'm thinking about, but I'm not going to worry about those until I have this one taken care of. Then I'll worry, you know, and, and pick up another task
1: and move on to another thing. Yeah. So planning, productivity, uh, pro, being proactive, uh, and, and I love that concept, narrow and focus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um just pick one thing and get that thing done and and uh, you know it is interesting that that word that you used there was force sometimes we have to force ourselves to do the thing and yep. sometimes we don't feel like it what, like how do you what do you do you say ah oh, this is the thing i gotta do i don't feel like it what do you do to get yourself to do it anyway <laughs>
2: uh, a couple of things i'll tell myself well if you don't do this uh you may not have any work next year. If you don't do this, you're going to have to lay off, you know, five employees. If you don't do this, uh, you may not be able to feed the kids. You know? So I just look at it and I and I just like I said, sometimes you have to force yourself. I mean, it, it's easy to, you know, be a business owner and just sit back and say oh, things will kind of take care of themselves, but you know, I found that they do not take care of themselves. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> Nothing I've done since I've been in business has just taken care of itself. Um, like I said, everything moves towards chaos. It does not move towards um, conformity, and yeah. it, it's insane sometimes. If you if you don't stay on tap, if I don't stay on task, then things do turn into chaos. And and I'm I don't like it. Uh, I I can survive it, and I and I can actually do pretty well if under chaotic circumstances, but I don't like it. I prefer uh-huh, that uh-huh. You know, when things come together and, and we're not working, um, we're not reacting to situations and we're not um, having to deal with chaos everywhere. So, yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I tell myself, like, Hey, if you don't want to be dealing in the chaos, then you need to be focused and you need to be task oriented, uh, single-minded uh-huh. task oriented until you're ready to move on to the next task.
1: Yeah, which as I hear you talking about that. I think of making sure that your daily tasks are somehow tied to your overall vision, your overall, um, you know, the goals that you have of providing for your family, running, continuing to run a successful business. And then you see the thing I'm doing right now ties into that. So um, great insights, man, Kendall, this has been fantastic, giving us some ideas and insights that we can apply to our lives and to our businesses. Again, talking with Kendall Bender of uh, Bender Electric LLC out in Nampa. And uh, so super helpful in understanding how we might take a look at being more proactive and planning better and focusing in on some key things. So Kendall, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast.
0: Jason, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Wow. That gives us some great things to start with. Now don't forget for more, check out my website, thejasonharwood.com. You can get my blog and links to my social media accounts to keep your mindset, habits, and hacks moving forward. Now go do one thing better today. We'll see you on the next CEO Idaho podcast.